let me now welcome this handsome 59-year-old, <laughs> Pastor Louis. Thank you, Denise. Morning. I wasn't going to tell anyone I was turning 60. Thanks, Denise. Just killed it for me. Um, I'll tell you what. I don't feel like I'm 68. I don't feel like I'm 59. I think uh, <laughs> Clint Eastwood, they, <laughs> they asked Clint Eastwood, they asked him how come he's so old and he still does all these things. You know, he's still making movies at 90 or something or he's 94 or something. I think he's doing another movie now. And he says to them, I just don't let the old man in. There you go, fellas. Anyone? Eh? Just don't let the old man in. You know, if the old man says that you can't do this, just don't listen to him. You know, if he says you can't play football anymore at 59, just don't listen to him. If he says you can't tackle that person anymore, just don't listen to him. Go for it. If he says you can't play tennis, just go and play tennis. I was playing tennis with Keen the other day. Well, not the other day. It was maybe last year. <laughs> other day. Did I boot you, mate? <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, mate. Three, four years ago. Seriously. Mate. Anyway, look. He, he's saying that because I think I did beat him and he just doesn't want to admit it. Right? There you go, Terrapoy was there. We were playing doubles down the road. And uh, my legs still move, so, I mean, they don't move when I'm telling them to move. But, you know, like tennis, the ball's over there and your brain says, run. But your feet just go, nah, forget it, mate. I'm not moving. I'm not touching that ball. So, anyway, but hey, it's good. We're still in there. Just be encouraged. At 59, it's awesome. 60. I can't believe where they went. What's going on? Heaven is coming. Better get myself ready. Yeah, I'm ready, all right. Um, so we've got another variant, Omicron. This is the good news, right? There's only nine letters left in the Greek, in the Greek alphabet, right? So it's, it's the 15th letter in the Greek alphabet. They missed a few before that because I don't think they could pronounce them. Because I, I struggled to pronounce them. And there's one called NU, new. So they weren't going to call it new variant, right? And there's another one that sounds like the Chinese president's name, Z, G. See, they weren't going to call it that because that would have been too controversial. So they skipped all them and they went to Omicron. And so don't worry, there's only nine left. We'll get through the nine. Alpha, Omega. When we get to Amiga, you go, that's it, last one. We're done. We're dusted. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming. All good. Um, hey, the last few weeks have been great, haven't they? Testimonies. Who loves a testimony? Testimonies are so good. They're just like, you know, we heard it from Mary and then Joey and Katie and then myself, but we, people just love them. And they're the kind of meetings you want to bring people to. They're the kind of meetings you want to bring the ones that are lost or people that you want to encourage with the gospel because they're just so powerful because it's an experience. It's just not words. It's something that's happened to an individual that's changed them. And so we're going to have them now every year. Three-week block of testimonies. And so we'll let you guys know when the testimonies are coming up. And uh, 
I've got some people earmarked. There's so many people here that have just amazing testimonies that we don't know. We see them now born again and living this life of fulfillment. We just, when you find out their stories, I mean, wait till I get Jerry up here. I know he's here somewhere. There he's down the back sitting over there behind it. And uh, wait till you hear his testimony about his conviction in, and revelation in jail. Marley and Lisa, when we get them up here, um, Sire and Marie, we get them up here because when you hear people's testimonies and then we'll throw everyone in there in the mix, we're going to hear everybody's testimony. Everybody. By the time Jesus comes back, we'll, we'll have everyone's testimony because they're so powerful, right? And so this morning, I'm going to share a little bit about why it's so important to have a testimony and have it ready. Because when you come across people, right, the thing that really freaks them out is, you know, with Christianity is your testimony. And people don't realise how powerful their testimony is. Because, I mean, I do Uber, right, and I cannot tell you how many times I've shared my testimony with people in the car. Because your testimony it's just so powerful. The Apostle Paul knew it. And that's why when you read the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul, like I think three or four times, he mentions his testimony, how he was riding to Damascus and he got kicked off the horse and he saw a great light and then all this. What a powerful testimony. You have a powerful testimony. Even though you might not come from the same background as myself or other people and you might be brought a Christian, I'll tell you right now, those who think they've got no testimony, watch out, I'm going to, Slap you, right? Because everyone has a testimony. If you've been brought up in church, you have a testimony. You have a powerful testimony. More powerful, I told you, than my t testimony. Because my testimony was that I couldn't, you know, go without having drugs and God delivered me. But your testimony is this. I was in church from a young age. And then I gave my life to Jesus at the age of eight. And I never wanted to go to the things of the world. I never wanted to get drunk. I never wanted to shoot up. I never wanted to smoke dope. And I, you know what? How is that possible? You tell him because Jesus is Lord. Jesus is coming to my life at a young age and he has kept me. He has kept me like in the power of God. He's fulfilled every one of my needs. I have not needed anything else but Jesus. Tell me if that's not a powerful testimony. I'll tell you, you and that what, what it does to people, you, they hear that, they go, you know what, take me to this Jesus. Because I've got, these, I've got all these thoughts and things that I want to do in my life that are wrong and, and I'll just keep going there. Well, take me to this Jesus. So everyone's got a powerful testimony. And so this is the meaning of a testimony. I'm just going to, uh, a meaning of a testimony, a spoken or written statement that something is true. Your testimony is true. What's true about it? That Jesus Christ is alive, is in the glory, he's come into my life and into my marriage and into my uh, siblings or whatever it was, and he has changed us. That's truth. He has restored us. That's truth. He has forgiven us. That's truth. So your testimony is true. That's what makes it powerful. It's an experience that people, when you tell them about your testimony, they can't deny it. Why? Because it's happened to you. It's experiential. 
I've experienced the power of God. You have experienced the power of God. You have experienced the joy of the Lord. You have experienced the fullness in your life that the world looks for, chases after in the world, but can't find it. But you have found it. You have found the pearl. The pearl of great price. When Jesus said, a farmer comes along and he finds this pearl. He sells everything he's got for the pearl. He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about Jesus himself. You have come across a pearl. Pearler, as they would say. Cherish that. That's your testimony. The truth that Jesus has changed your life. And so a spoken or written statement that something is true, especially one given in a court of law or the act of giving such a statement. And then the Google, when you look up Google for testimony, it says down the bottom, after it gives you a couple, it says a public recounting of a religious conversion or experience. Ah, in Google. Even Google. Even Google admits that you've had an experience with Jesus. And so it mentions it there. Awesome. And so the thing is with a testimony, of course, it has to be spoken, right? You can write it down. But I think it's more powerful when you speak it, when you confess it. God has given us a mouth with a tongue. And he's given it to us for a reason. And that's to confess, to declare, to proclaim, to magnify, to praise the Lord this morning, to communicate, to tell people what Jesus has done. He's given me this tongue and he's given you a tongue to confess what Christ has done in your life. It's all about confession. It's all about, imagine if me and I sit here at church or never telling anyone what Jesus has done and I stay silent. Testimony is given to you to proclaim out of this mouth the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvellous light. That's why He gave you a tongue. That's why He gave you to, to proclaim it, to confess it, to tell people like we heard the last three weeks, do you know what? I was dead. Now I'm alive. I was blind, but now I see. He gave me this tongue to proclaim, to exalt. He gave you a tongue to proclaim and to exalt the name of Jesus. That's why He gives you that experience. That's why He delivers you from darkness. And that's why you and I glorify His name. Why? Because He's giving something in you that is absolutely incredible. He's flipped your whole life. He's changed your whole life. He's forgiven you and He has written your name. Nathan, set a car alarm off. Was I close? Not even close. I don't know, you know, somebody said that to me and that's the only way I remember. It's bad now. I can't, I can't. Set a caliber. Close? Even better. Somebody, you, you'll help me after. Listen. We'll just say Nathan, right? Nathan. His name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's in the Book of Life. It's in the Book of Life. When he comes in through the glory and he's and when he's 60 and over, comes in the glory, God will just open up that book and, and Neville 
Nebuchadnezzar. Nathan. Woo! Thank you. Come into the glory, mate. That's why you rejoice. That's why you confess. That's why you testify. Because Jesus has set him free. And Jesus has given him eternal life. Jesus, his blood's all over him. He's cleansed. He's given him a robe of righteousness. Dude, that is something to confess. That's something to confess. It's not my righteousness, but God has declared me righteous. That's even better. Your testimony. Listen to what it says in 1 Timothy. And I mean, look, what a great month to testify as well. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Everybody's sharing Christmas and they're doing whatever they want with, you know, things that are not even about Jesus. They forget Jesus completely. Your job is to remind them what Jesus is about and what Christmas is about. Tell them, hey, this person that you're celebrating right now has delivered me out of darkness. Confess it. Tell them. They need to know. Say, now's a great time, isn't it? So listen to what the Apostle Paul says to a young convert named Timothy. 1 Timothy 6.12 Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Timothy has received eternal life and at one stage in his walk, he confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord. And this is what Paul reminds him. And he says, listen, make, don't forget your your." Um, take hold of eternal life when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Your testimony has like a, an abundant, like an over, like when you're in your heart, right? When you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, there's an abundance in your heart that your mouth speaks. And it's like it just bubbles over. You cannot control what's going on in your heart. The more you feel your heart with the things of God, remind yourself of what's happening, that just there's an overflow. You cannot but speak. You cannot but speak what's in your heart. This is why sometimes I'm doing Uber and even like last, yesterday I'm doing some Uber and I get these two guys in the car, or one's a guy, one's a girl, and I'm just minding my own business. I could hear them talking. And then they're talking about the, the COVID thing, right? And then she goes... I don't think they were Christians because one of them was swearing. The other one was swearing as well. So they were both swearing. But hey, Christians swear. Anyway, some maybe slip up. <laughs> anyway, so I'm driving the car and she goes, she goes, you know what? This is like the book of Revelation. <laughs> Thinking like, far out, talking about the right time and the right place. And I go, oh, do you read the book of Revelation, do you? She goes, yeah, but I don't understand it. I said, well, I don't understand it either. I'm a Christian and I'm a pastor at a church. And, you know, sometimes I don't understand. Well, what is it that you don't understand? So anyway, she starts throwing me questions about the Antichrist and the mark of the beast. And wow, man. And I was able to turn the whole thing around to Jesus being, because they were both Catholics and they weren't sure of their salvation. And then I started telling them about faith in Jesus Christ. And they got out of the car. And you know what she said when she got it? Thank you. 
That is just so awesome. I feel so good. Because when you speak the truth, right, you guys know the truth. You, you can handle the Word of God. You know that a man is saved by faith. And when you tell somebody that's not sure if they're going to heaven and you start telling them about the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, faith in God, the grace of God, what we heard Marley this morning say, God loves you so much that He laid down His life for you. When they start hearing that, that's when it's like, oh, wow, that's amazing because they don't hear that, right? Greeks don't hear that. They're always, always wondering whether or not I'm going to go to heaven or not. But you know for certain because you live by faith. And so confession is an overflow of your heart. Luke 6.45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now listen to Romans 10.9. What is your heart full of? What is your heart full of? That's what you've got to work out. What am I feeding? What am I feeding in, this, in my life? What am I feeding in this heart? What am I believing in my heart? Because what I'm believing in my heart will eventually it will manifest out of your mouth. You cannot sustain. It's like a river that's bubbling and bubbling and you're putting in your heart the love of God, the righteousness of God. You're meditating in the morning. You're reading His Word. You're praying. You're praising the Lord. You're filling and filling and filling and filling and filling yourself. So much of the Word of God. So much of the anointing of God. So much of everything. When you finally, somebody says one thing. Hey, I just read the book of Revelation. Mate, I'm telling you, the things that came out of my mouth was amazing. I was listening and I was amazed at what I knew. I'm thinking like, oh man, I think I, thank you, Lord. But it's just this overflow. And listen to what it says in Romans 10, 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, out of the heart, this morning, out of the heart, you believe that Jesus is risen from the dead. When you believe that, when you believe that God himself has actually raised Jesus from the dead and you start to meditate on that and believe that, out of your mouth will come, Jesus is Lord. I'm telling you, when, when he wrote that to a bunch of Romans, anyone that claimed that Jesus was Lord in the Roman Empire instead of Caesar is Lord, you're finished. You're dead. But because of the overflow of their hearts and what they believed, they had no problems whatsoever saying Jesus is Lord. And this morning, if you think about yourself, you go, well, you know what? I believe Jesus is Lord, but I have a problem confessing it. I've got a problem telling people about Jesus. Well, then you know what you need to do? You need to go back Write down, we talked about a while back, about your foundations and, and say, Lord, examine my heart. What's in my heart? What's preventing me to be the person that you've called me to be? What's preventing me to proclaiming with every person that I come across that Jesus is Lord? And he'll, 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 he'll show you. He'll reveal it to you. Um, so 
It is a big deal to confess Jesus is Lord because it's part of your salvation. It acknowledges what God has done in your life. It's like a, a, the confession is actually God has saved me and it goes hand in hand. It almost proves your salvation. If you can't tell people that Jesus is Lord, then there's a problem. Because there is a severe problem because you have to examine yourself and work out whether or not, okay, I'm saved and I believe that Jesus is Lord, but I cannot tell a single person, even when there's some kind of compromising position happening in the situation, it could be a work thing or something, and you know that what they're asking you to do is a compromise of your faith. That's when you should stand up and say, listen, I'm a Christian. That's the overflow of the heart. I believe that God has saved me. God has rescued me. I'm a Christian. Therefore, I do not want to do what you've asked me to do, right? And so the conviction and the inward part of your life, the overflow will say no. But if you can't, then you've got a problem. You've got a real problem. Because what happens then is compromise comes in, right? And then you find yourself in a compromising position. Why? Because you never confessed at the right time that Jesus is Lord or that you're a Christian. And what happens, and I've been there, we've all been there where we've done things and we thought, oh man, I shouldn't be in this place. I shouldn't have been doing what I'm doing. I just failed to confess. I failed to tell them that I am a Christian. Because once you tell them you're a Christian, then all of a sudden there's a responsibility on you to live glorifying God, right? And so if you confess that you're a Christian and they know it, they will even, they'll say something to you and they go, oh yeah, but he's a Christian. He won't do that. And then the onus is on me. I don't want to do that. And it's kind of liberating, it sets you free, right? It's a confession that you have to have because if you don't confess it, you're going to have troubles in heaven. Because listen to what, um, I've lost my scripture. Have I got one? Oh, sorry. Can I go to Matthew 10, 32, 33? Matthew 10, 32, 33. Listen to this. Whoever acknowledges me, acknowledges me before others. This is Jesus talking. I will acknowledge or confess. Acknowledge means confess. Whoever confesses me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before the Father in heaven. God one day will acknowledge, I will acknowledge, Jesus Himself will confess, this is Nathan, he's followed me all his life and he's confessed Jesus is Lord and he's going to say to God the Father, look at Nathan, there he is. But if you deny him, trouble. Trouble. So you need to confess. It's it's. It's important to confess and it's important to confess not only for your own sake, but for the sake of those who are, you are in contact with. I mean, the Bible says, Jesus said, go into all the world and what? Preach the gospel, confess. Go, and Jesus, how many times did Jesus say, listen, go and tell those people what the Lord has done for you. 
That's what we're meant to do. Go and tell them what the Lord has done for you. And the way you do that is by confessing and by testifying. You need to confess and testify to tell them this is what the Lord has done for me. And listen, if you don't, you might as well confess because one day the Bible says in Philippians 2, 9-11, this is what it says. For this reason also, God highly exalted Him, Jesus, and bestowed on Him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every tongue, every knee, every single person on the face of this planet, under the earth, above the earth, will one day say, Jesus is Lord. So you might as well start saying it now, I mean. Let's stand up this morning. Oh, hallelujah. You know, just bow your heads this morning. I'm just going to give an opportunity this morning for maybe those who have not believed that Jesus is Lord. I'm going to give you opportunity this morning to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And so, you know, why don't we all do that this morning? Let's, let's have a confession of our faith this morning. Let's say it together. I confess. Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised Him from the dead. And I thank You, Lord, that I am saved. Hallelujah. Thank You, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank You, Father. Lord, we just magnify Your name this morning. We thank You that You are Lord. And we just thank You for those this morning, Lord, who have given their lives to Christ. We thank You that this is the beginning of a great walk for them, Father. And we, Lord, we just want to thank You for them, Lord. And we just pray in the name of Jesus that You will fill them with Your Holy Spirit. You will lead them and guide them, Father, in Jesus' name. And, you know, I want you to put your hands up this morning. If you're finding it hard to confess or to testify, I'm going to pray for you this morning. Don't be fearful. It's okay. God knows your heart. God knows that you want to do it. And He's going to give you boldness this morning. So, Father, you see the hands, Lord. You see those who are struggling to testify, struggling to evangelise, struggling to, Lord, uh, Lord, preach and seek the Word, seek your Lord, Word fulfilled in their life. And we pray in the name of Jesus for a great boldness, Father God, in their life, a great boldness like never before to proclaim your Word, to proclaim a testimony, Father, that they will see many saved, People turning, people acknowledging that Jesus is Lord. So, Father, this morning we thank you for them. We pray in the name of Jesus that your hand, your power, your boldness will be upon them, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.